Hello, and welcome to Outnumbered the Podcast. I'm Audrey. And I'm Bonnie. We are experienced moms to a combined total of 19 children. In our weekly episodes, we explore relatable topics using our perspectives of humor and chaos. Tune in for advice and encouragement to gain more joy in your parenting journey. Welcome back, friends. We are excited to be here at the start of a new year with a brand new series. So we love doing series because we get all these thoughts and ideas coming to us about specific topics, and we just cannot fit them all in a 30-minute segment. So we've got a new series for you today. Um, We're going to be talking about what we wish we could tell a younger me. Um, And this isn't focusing on regrets, like, oh, I wish that the younger me would have known XYZ, but rather... Um, some encouragement, some love towards our younger selves. And we hope that that will help those of you who are in maybe a slightly younger phase of life. Hey, before we get started on talking to our younger selves, we wanted to tell you guys that um, we're also trying something a little bit new for the new year that you may or may not know that we have been uploading some of our podcast episodes onto YouTube. And so far, they've just had a static logo on them or a a picture, just a static picture, because a lot of people um, apparently are listening to podcasts on YouTube. But this one is in video. So if you are on YouTube, you can see us in all our lovely spaces and backgrounds and (laughs) ourselves. We decided just to go for it. And so... um, you might want to check us out on our YouTube if you want to see this one live and in person. Not not live, but like in person or something. Yeah, know. but like with faces and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I actually really enjoy listening to some of my favorite bloggers, influencers, whoever in um, video format because I feel like it connects me a little bit more. You can kind of understand where people are coming from a little bit better for some reason. I don't know. There's something about faces, right? So we're over there. Go check us out. Okay. So back to the topic of what we tell our younger selves. So I, I think that Audrey, you and I are kind of in a fairly unique position of not only being relatively experienced moms, I have about 17 ish years experience. Audrey has, what are you at now? 20, uh, 23 going on 24 23 years yeah. of experience. Yeah. Being a mom, but we also still have younger kids at home, like little ones. Um, and so because of that, we kind of have this perspective of, oh, we're still doing the diapers and the night feedings and all these things. But we also are realizing that the little things that we that bothered us 15 years ago, 20 years ago, don't bother us so much anymore. So that's kind of what, what we're trying to share with you guys, um, what we would do differently or the things that we would just tell ourselves, give, our, give ourselves permission to let go of way back then. So that's kind of where we're coming from. Yeah. Or maybe, um, you know, a, what is it called? The bird's eye view of, Hey, guess what the, guess what the fruit is of what you did. Yeah. (laughs) Like that might've worked out and what didn't. Yeah. Yeah. That might've helped a younger me to know, Hey, you know what? You're really going to be glad that you did this. So today we're going to focus on babies. And even though maybe we do lots of things differently than we did with our first couple of babies, there's also plenty that we do the same. So that is kind of fun to think about. But above all, we just want to remind you guys, it's it's important to remember that you are the best mom for your kids. We really do believe that each parent and each child were given to each other for a reason. And, and that's the best fit possible. Yes, absolutely. I was going to say that being confident in your own abilities and your intuition, which we've talked about in another episode, in addition to having humility to learn from others who have gone before you, um, will make you the best parent for any child of any age. But we're going to start by talking about, uh, those babies. 
Okay, starting with sleep. Of course, what does everybody think about when they think about babies? <laughs> sleep, yes, so crucial, and it can be so elusive when there is a small baby at your house. Yep, yep, totally. So my intuition told me, and I, I got a few things right right from the get-go, I think, because I listened to what, what my intuition was telling me, and that was to not let my baby cry it out, um, but also to fight for my own sleep because sleep has always been very important to me. And both of those have served me really well. What I wish I had learned was that it was possible to sleep train children peacefully and without trauma <laughs> before I had my twins. They were numbers four and five um, because they about killed us from exhaustion. So that was one thing that I wish I would have learned early on. My first three were just really naturally good sleepers, kind of fell into a rhythm on their own. Um, and those other ones did not. So we learned we learned that the hard way. But that being said, I also learned patience. I learned tenacity. I learned compassion for other parents going through the same thing, having gone through that experience. So I don't know that I would have taken it away from myself, but I would have probably given myself a big hug and some more chocolate and said, you can do it. It'll get better. I promise. <laughs> and every once in a while stepped in and helped out. So you could just have a good long yes. nap. <laughs> yes. I wish I could have cloned myself. Uh, you, you, me, go take a nap. You, me, go feed a baby. <laughs> Oh, well, my intuition told me as far as sleep went that the family bed was the best fit for us. And there was a lot of kickback when we decided to do that. So I think what I tell my younger self is trust my instincts and my research that I did and just kind of care less about what other people had to say about our choice. Um, it was well researched when we decided to do it. And, um, you know, looking back now, from that, um, you know, that perspective that I have now looking back, it was a really, really good choice. I feel like part of the reason our family is so close and our kids are so close is because of how close we were, how attached we were, how much we just physically had skin to skin contact at the beginning. And so um, that was a really, really good decision. I pat myself on the back for that one. One thing I think that about as far as sleep goes that I would change is on my first one, she was such a light napper. She would take naps, but she was such a light napper. I tell, I think I would tell myself, um, that I did, you don't have to lay down with her <laughs> the whole mm. time to get her to sleep, nurse her and then lay her down and let her kind of fuss and wiggle and then get up and move. But I remember feeling kind of a little trapped that I couldn't move because I knew if I moved, she would wake up. And also, um, in our first home that we had with a baby, we, we had, we had like nothing and we were sleeping on a futon and it was really wiggly. So anytime I tried mm -hmm. to get up, it would like wiggle and I'd be like, oh, I can't move. And I'd like try to move in slow motion to get up get off that One bed. inch at a time. <laughs> We've all done that. <laughs> first, I'll always have like a hand on a baby. And the first thing I do is like just lighten the pressure a little oh, bit incrementally. Yeah. And, then, and then the hand is hovering. It's like, okay, okay. She didn't move. All right. Now <laughs> back away slowly. Oh man, I yeah. think that is about as good a plug as any to invest in a high quality mattress as soon as humanly possible. <laughs> yeah. So if your baby falls asleep on it, you can yes. move. Have yes. you remember the mattress commercials where somebody would like have a full glass of wine on one side and somebody's jumping on the other side and that was the <laughs> marketing play, right? You could have, you could not spill your drink while someone was doing jumping yes. jumps on it. Yes, we were able to invest in a really good mattress before our second was born and that made all the difference um, yeah. as far as those naps were concerned. <laughs> yeah, that, that reminds me of another little tidbit I wish I would have given my younger self and that is um, beware of 
getting your baby to sleep in a position that you're not willing to stay in for a long period of time, right? <laughs> if you don't want your baby to like nap your, their entire nap on your chest, you should probably put them down shortly after they fall asleep or right as they're falling asleep, right? Because then you get yourself trapped like that and you have to lay <laughs> down with them forever. Uh, I know, but now not having any babies of the size where they want to sleep on your chest anymore, I, I, I kind of relish those. <laughs> I know. <laughs> when those grandbabies come, you, they'll come and nap on your chest all day again. It'll be great. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, oh, and I was also going to say when you said caring less about what people think, I think that might just be a overarching theme in this entire series of what I wish I'd tell my younger self. Stop caring what people think. Stop caring what people say. And there's nothing wrong with taking it under advisement, right? Like when my mom or someone I, I love and trust says, hey, you you might consider X, Y, Z because as a young mom, you don't know everything. And sometimes it really helps to listen to people's advice and then to go back and decide, is that something that feels true to me is it, that is going to serve our family? And if not, then to keep doing things the way you feel is the right way to do it. Okay. So number two is feeding time for the babies. So there is a lot of hoopla as we talked about in our, I think we have a breastfeeding episode, right? Verse, uh, on the whole debate of breastfeeding versus bottle feeding. And I would just say that I think that for most moms, they choose what they were largely exposed to, right? Whatever's the least uncomfortable for them, the most familiar is generally what they choose. But it also bears saying that doing some research, research is never going to hurt things, right? And then once you do make a decision, follow your intuition, right? There may just be something in it that is just right for you and your baby. So once again, listen to your own heart, do a little bit of research and, um, and go with that. And if, and, and maybe you weren't exposed to breastfeeding, for example, that seems to be one that is really tricky to get the hang of if you haven't seen women do it regularly, but you really want to do it, you can do it. You just might have a few extra hurdles to overcome because you haven't seen it done. So. Yeah, that was exactly um, my decision. And again, I tell my younger self to pay attention to my instincts because um, I did not have a lot of exposure to to breastfeeding women who breastfed and um, especially the extended breastfeeding and child-led weaning that I chose to do. Um, so that was pretty foreign to me. And again, I tell my yourself, pay attention to your instincts, do your research, trust your decisions, and and then just go with it. Like be confident in that. Um, like one thing that we decided to do was people thought we were crazy, but we decided not to introduce food um, other than just, you know, like a graham cracker or something to keep them busy until about one year, until they had, um, either, you know, they were just like, I couldn't keep up breastfeeding anymore, or they were too hungry or they too much interest in food. But we had, you know, we had happy, fat, clearly healthy babies that proved what we were doing was working and I could keep up on the breastfeeding. And, and just because everybody else was saying, um, excuse me, you're not feeding your baby cereal, you know, at whatever months. And then, oh, your baby doesn't eat food yet. You know, that kind of thing. And then everybody trying to hand your baby, you know, whatever candy or whatever. <laughs> and just like, just like trust it, it's working and look at, look at the results and um, just be confident in your decision. I think again here, that's what I would tell myself my younger self just it's working don't stop <laughs> right right and conversely if you feel like something isn't working don't be afraid to experiment with something else right maybe you thought breastfeeding would work for you and it just isn't or it's ne somehow negatively affecting your relationship with your baby or your own mental health it's okay to change and do something different that is going to make be best suited for you and your baby but you will probably know especially once you've done a little bit of research 
Um, I wish I would have known just how many times I was going to struggle through a breastfeeding relationship. And I've always wanted to nurse my babies and enjoyed it 97% of the time. (laughs) But there were a couple of times where I thought, this is torture. What is going wrong? And there were some things wrong, some bad latches. We dealt with a couple of tongue ties. Um, and, but because I was committed from the beginning, I didn't give up and I'm really grateful that I didn't because they were things that we were able to work through. Um, but like I said, we give you permission to do what is right for you and your baby. Yeah, totally. Um, it's going to hurt. That's what I tell my younger self, but keep going. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you can do it as far as breastfeeding. Yeah. Okay. Third area we want to move in two is comparison. Comparison to other moms. I think every mom (laughs) struggles with this at some point or another in their mothering years and some harder than others. Um, I think when this hit me the hardest or when I was cured of this is when I had my third. And so there was um, an acquaintance that had a baby almost exactly at the same time as my third. And um, she was very competitive and very compare competitive about how much does your child weigh and how, you know, what are they doing now? And have they rolled over yet? And are they walking? And did they eat, you know, did they go to the bat? And like all these milestones. And I was just like, maybe because it was my third and her first that she was looking for, well, I don't think she's looking for advice. I think it was just a comparison thing. You just want to make herself feel better because she thought that would happen. If yeah, I know, I know. But maybe because it was my third, I was like, well, my first and my second both walked at different times. So I'm pretty sure my third is going to walk at a different time than my first and second. So it doesn't really matter if your baby is walking before mine or my baby is walking before yours because all babies do it their way. Yeah, that's really nice that fairly early on you got to, to cure yourself of that, right? <laughs> yeah. So I wish I could just go in and hug a younger me and tell her that every mother has the strengths that she needs to be the best mom for her kids. Right. Um, and everyone else does too. And they will look way different than mine because my strengths look different from Audrey's and Audrey's look different from her sisters and on and on. Um, because we all, you know, live different lives and have different journeys, but it doesn't matter what yours looks like. It's going to be the best one for you. doesn't matter if there's always junk on the floor and dishes in your sink, which is true for me from day one and still is, you know, just give yourself permission to live the life that you want. Stay in your lane, right? Without paying too much attention to what other people are doing. Yeah. I I really like that part about what you said that um, we're all given what we need to um, raise our own kids. I think about our interviews with Melissa Esplin and uh, um, with Megan Gibson and their special needs children and how both of them, when we were interviewing them in those episodes, I just had this really strong sense that they had something, they had a gift, um, maybe patience or something else that I didn't have because I wasn't raising the children they were raising. And it was such a beautiful thing to see and listen to in their episodes, like kind of this, this wisdom coming out of them that I, I didn't have because I wasn't raising a child like with the same needs that their child had. And, and that's really, that's really cool thing to think about that you actually inside of you have the strength or the ability for that strength to be developed that you need for whatever you're, you're going to experience with your kids. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And I also believe that the experiences that we have are developing us to prepare for future experience as well, right? Maybe they had experiences in their youth and teen years young adult years that developed them. And, and same with me for my own kids. And that's just how life works. And it's, it's miraculous. So, so stop looking at others and wishing you had their, their 
journey because it's going to be totally different from yours. Yeah. Yeah. So as far as the comparison goes, it's really not going to matter when your kid is rolling over. Really, it doesn't matter. (laughs) When they stop sleeping with you, how fast they walk, any other milestone, it really, really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things, especially looking back from our position now, 17, 24 years in, that like I can't even remember when each of my kids rolled over. So why was it such a big deal then, right? (laughs) So, you know, um, tell my younger self, hey, just lighten up a little bit. That doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. 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 And the more, well, you have to realize too, when you're a young mom, that's your, that's your life, right? That's your whole world is like, that's your topic of conversation with other moms. That's everything you're thinking about. And so it's so easy to get fixated on these things, these milestones that really have nothing to do with you. It's just how your baby is programmed. Right. And it's totally, they're totally programmed for a specific reason because that's the way their body and brain works. Um, and it's funny that you say, you don't even remember. I was at a an appointment for my baby who is actually behind on all her milestones. So she's doing a little physical therapy to strengthen her. And they were asking what my other kids' milestones look like. I'm like, how should I know? (laughs) They're all alive and still at home with me. That's all I care about. I remember one child when she walked because she was like six months later than everybody else. Um, But like, I don't know, within (laughs) three months of normal, I guess. I know. I know. Another thing I tell my younger self that I, I'd say it in a way, hopefully, that like I wouldn't, my younger self wouldn't want to slap me, but <laughs> <laughs> that you really will miss those younger stages. And, mm-hmm. and that can be done without wanting those stages back. Like you can mm-hmm. miss, you can miss like breastfeeding without wanting to breastfeed a child again. Um, and, and I think, I think sometimes why the younger me would want to slap somebody when they say, oh, you're going to miss this, you know, is because I'd be like, well, then you take it here, take this screaming child and you do it. <laughs> oh, but just the kind of, I, I think maybe what I miss is that utter and complete dependence on you that, that a baby has. And, and like, that was also a burden. Like, I don't know yes. that I would want that back, but just kind of maybe tell my younger self, enjoy Enjoy the part of it where somebody needs you so much. Enjoy that part of it. And also, yes, you have to ride through that part where somebody needs you so much. (laughs) Yes. You know, that's such a great point. And I do laugh about that all the time. I always tease young moms. Oh, is there, is there a grandma on the checkout line telling you how much you should enjoy this screaming toddler right now? Cause you'll miss it when it's gone. Yeah. I just don't listen to him. I know (laughs) it's hard, but you make such a good point. It's okay to not like a specific phase. Like almost every one of my children between the age of three and five are total hellions. They're horrible. They destroy my house. They're so naughty, but it's also, um, possible for me to sit there and cuddle them and say, I love you so much. I wish you would never grow up, but also you drive me crazy. Like that is life. This yin and yang, right? The dichotomy of crazy psychotic toddler and also just so stinking adorable. And so this is kind of where Audrey is, right? Like you've, you were just mentioning that you're no, no longer breastfeeding, no longer have diapers for the first time in decades. Right. And it's okay for you to think, Oh, I I miss having a little baby on my chest, but also it's okay. Cause this is the phase I'm in and I'm excited to move on. You know? Yes. It reminds me how in one of our episodes we were talking about the power of and like, Mm. I miss it. And I'm so glad to be out of it (laughs) because yes, yes, I know. I shared that on our Patreon episode for December that, um, I don't have, I'm not breastfeeding anybody anymore, not pregnant or nursing, not potty training. And this is the first time I'm out of those three, four, um, yeah, almost 25 years. It's crazy. Yeah. 
crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and I would I would suggest if if you're listening out there and you are in one of those younger phases and you just struggle with whatever you're going through, uh, potty training issues or whatever, that you employ that power of and, right? Like I hate potty trained, potty training, and it will be over so soon, right? And I won't have a chance to go talk with my toddler on the potty 14 times a day. <laughs> and that will be wonderful. And that will also be a little bit sad. This, this bittersweetness of children growing yeah. up and changing, right? Yeah. yeah it's wonderful. Yeah. One, one thing I would tell my younger self about the comparison of, you know, um, of things is sometimes later milestones actually are easier on you. So for example, later potty training, that is so mm-hmm. much easier and faster than someone who potty trains early. We have a whole episode about potty training, but hey, just because somebody's kid is potty trained faster, who cares, right? <laughs> Maybe they're yeah, still yeah. having to deal with, you know, accidents two years later and, yes. and you don't because your kid, I mean, you know, every, every time you change their diaper, it could have been an accident, but they're in a diaper. So who cares, right? <laughs> every child is different and will be different in your family and in every family. I mean, all my kids potty trained at different ages. Who cares, right? Yeah, I'll give an amen to that one. That's for sure. Um, and, you know, if you're out there wishing your child would just roll over and start crawling all of a sudden, then let me tell you that moving babies are a pain in the butt. You know? <laughs> and they eat everything off the floor and then they get underfoot, you know. So there are pros and cons to everything. And I think the true, it's a true talent in motherhood to sit and just be in what is today right? In the Sharpie on the wall because of the naughty toddler and the teenager who's slamming the door in my face and, and all of it, because it's the life that I chose and I love it. You know, are there things that I dislike? Yeah. Does anybody have a life that doesn't have things that they dislike in it? I don't think so. (laughs) If so, (laughs) tell me how you did it. (laughs) Okay. So moving on to number four of the things that we would tell a younger self, and that is the importance of attachment. Okay. So especially in regards to babies. So There is oodles and oodles and oodles of research out there on just how important it is for babies to have a really rock solid attachment to their caregiver, preferably a a parent. Um, And so things like co-sleeping, baby wearing um, are very important, but sometimes still get a bad rap. And so if there is some drama in your life surrounding these things, just ask yourself, what is going to give my baby the biggest, the most solid foundation of attachment to me and, and go that direction, right? Yes, absolutely. I love to talk about this one, especially now, because this is where I can really see the fruit of um, attachment parenting is, you know, 20, 25, 24 years later, 20 years um, from this side of it. And my kids are, our family is really close and very attached. And um, it's, it's because of those, those close attachments that were formed when they were babies. Um, One thing I would tell my younger self is to listen to those mentors who you really connect with and that you see positive results in their kids and you want those results in your kids. So if somebody's giving you advice and it's just kind of going against your grain, look at the result of what they're telling you in their own relationship with their own kids. And if you don't want that value produced in your kids, then just tune that voice out. You you don't have to listen to every voice just because it's talking to you and giving you advice, but make sure you pay attention to, and then emulate those, those voices and those mentors who have the results that you're really wanting. And it's perfectly okay to tune out voices that are maybe, oh, I don't know, closer to you, you're, you're related to them or whatever, if it's not producing a result that you're aiming for. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And there, I, I, I've said this multiple times too. I really think that our modern Western society 
um, has a lot going against it for, for young mothers because we don't have these tight knit communities like we used to. I mean, we used to live, you know, within 500 yards of our mothers and sisters and aunts and cousins and everyone, and everyone would support us during birth and breastfeeding and, and the struggling uh, phases of parenthood and celebrate together. And we just don't have that. We might move 3000 miles away from our family and be stuck alone in a house while our spouse goes off to work. And it's very isolating and it's very, very difficult. So if you can find one or two mentors to give you some, um, you know, tips, advice, encouragement in your motherhood journey. And obviously in person is the most important, but the internet's okay too, right? If you can just find somebody online that you admire and you want to follow, then that will, you know, set you up for success and say, oh, I want my children to turn out like this person's. Tell me, tell me some, some, some tips and advice. However, once again, lean on your own intuition, right? And, and do what feels best for you. Um, so some examples of this in regards to attachment are, uh, forcing a baby to leave your side before they're ready. If you have children, you probably know that every personality is different, right? You're going to have some babies that as soon as they can crawl, they crawl off away from you and they don't ever want to come back until they're hungry, right? And other ones that want to cling on you like a little koala bear forever. Um, And so that's something that, that you get to decide, like, are you going to pry this baby off you and make them go to somebody else? I mean, obviously, if you need a little self care and sleep, it's totally okay. But, um, or are you just going to allow that, that attachment to, to develop naturally, naturally? sleeping alone, anything else, if they feel uncomfortable and you don't want to do it, that is your prerogative to say, nope, I'm just going to keep this one close to me. This is what this baby needs. Right. And, and the other thing is our, our bodies and minds are, um, naturally designed to want independence as we grow up. Right. Never has there, I don't know of a single child that's hit 18 and been like, I'm just going to keep sitting on my mom's lap forever. Right. (laughs) They grow up and they want to expand, maybe not right at 18. It might take them a couple more years, but all of a sudden they want to go out and explore the world and develop their own lives. And that will come eventually. So I, I, that's definitely something I wish I would have told a younger me. Cause I was like, come on, come on, leave the nest. Come on, do your thing. Walk. You know, and some of my kids were a little hesitant and poor babies. <laughs> I was just really excited for them to get onto the next phase. Should just let them pick their time. Yeah, that's right. They're, they'll, um, they'll get there. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, okay. So the last area we want to talk about today is self care. So you listen to our podcast, you know, this is a huge, huge topic for us. One that we're very passionate about. We wish, we wish we could tell our younger selves just how essential it is to get your, take care of yourself. Um, if you're not in good condition to take care of yourself, how can you be in good condition to take care of your babies? Uh, go, go back, going back to that example I gave where I, you know, couldn't move because on the, I was on the jiggly futon and <laughs> like I needed a little bit of time by myself. Um, oftentimes I'd have to go to the bathroom while I was laying there or be hungry and need a snack or, you know, the phone would ring or whatever. And I was like, I couldn't move. You know, that's like an extreme example of denying yourself. But um, just a little bit of self-care goes so far, so far, especially in this area that we live in where you were talking about where we don't have this multi-generational interfamily help that we could so much use as mothers like uh, yeah. And then, so we, we do have our spouse, we do have our husband in most of our cases. If, if your husband doesn't get it, have him listen to our podcast. <laughs> we'll tell him. We'll set him straight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, this is like our clarion call of outnumbered is take care of mom first. Right. Um, there will be many times I can tell you right now that you will have to fight for your sanity, for your mental health, for your physical health above that of your children, especially if you have a lot of them, especially if you have some, some kids that have some high needs, 
Um, even amidst well-meaning family and friends, there might be people that make comments about, oh, she's going off to a girl's night, is she? Oh, she didn't do bedtime tonight. It's like, mind your own business. I am an excellent mother and I am choosing to take care of me first. And that is the only thing that will set you up for success so that you can be available for these kids that need you desperately, right? I know we've mentioned this before, but your physical health, emotional health, sanity, all of it is your responsibility. It's not your spouse's responsibility. It's not up to your kids to just magically say, you know what, mom could really use a day off. Why don't we all go play outside happily and she can take a nap. (laughs) If that ever happens to you, I would like to adopt your children. (laughs) So don't let anyone um, guilt you into discounting the essentialness of having time alone um, and of doing something that fulfills you outside of motherhood. That might not come for a while, but it might come very early on. And you think I have this beautiful baby, but I just need something else. And that's totally normal. Go ahead and find something that fills that cup for you. Right, exactly. And self-care doesn't always have to be done away from your baby. Um, Self-care can be done with your baby strapped on your body if that's what they need. Go, you know, go for a walk or stick stick a podcast in your ear or, um, you know, do some yoga with a toddler climbing all over you. It'll, you know, the body weight on you will give you an extra workout or whatever. <laughs> Just don't skip it because you can't get away from your child. I know there was many times um, because of living so far remotely from either of our family that I just, um, self-care had to be done with a toddler in tow or with, you know, a baby strapped on because, because that's all I could get. And so self-care doesn't always have to be like we, we maybe let's not always think of self-care as being by ourself, but taking care of ourselves can be done. I mean, Hey, we're moms. We're super multi-talented, right? Right. <laughs> so right. we can do it. You know, maybe we can, um, what, whatever. I'm not going to give too many more examples because you know what self-care looks like for you. And, and sometimes granted it is time away, but sometimes it's something you can do with your baby in tow. I'm glad you brought that up because there have definitely been phases in my life where self-care or any sort of time away from my children was absolutely impossible. My husband was traveling or someone was sick or I had a really needy baby or I had two needy babies. Um, and so I got pretty creative, right? Yeah. We're all going to go outside and get some exercise. You guys are going to run laps right here up and down the driveway and I'm going to do some sit-ups on the, on the grass or we're all going to go to the park and I'm going to sit and read a book while you all play because if I have to, you know, separate kids fights one more time, I'm going to lose it. So (laughs) get creative, right? The nice thing about Uh, babies too, especially if you only have one or two is that you can often be distanced mentally while still caring for their needs. You can be playing, you know, with a little baby toy or feeding them or whatever while listening to an awesome book or talking to a friend on the phone or doing Marco Polo or something that fills your cup and makes you feel like an adult. Yeah. Once you've read The Cat in the Hat 574 times, you can do it without thinking about it. Definitely. (laughs) Can be done. I don't know. One more thing I wanted to say to my younger self, and I don't know how I would really prepare any differently, but um, get ready for noise. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know how I would prepare myself to be able to handle the noise any better, but just like, just like don't, it's supposed to be noisy. Maybe that's what I'd say to my younger self. It's supposed to be noisy. It just yeah. is. So, so let, let it go. <laughs> yeah, we totally brought this up, didn't we, on our episode about preparing to have a large family, if that was yeah. something that you're looking to do. So go listen to that episode if you're interested in having a large family. But um, for Christmas, my husband and I bought each other AirPods, but they're the pros that that do the noise canceling. And I was like, well, this is going to be fun. And I put them in and turn on the noise canceling. I'm like, I'm just going to live my life like this. <laughs> 
all the time because I'm pretty sure that it's not even healthy to tolerate the noise levels that I normally tolerate every day, right? They already yell loud enough that I can hear them through the noise canceling, but mm. it just kind of tones everything down enough that I can think. Oh, it's pretty great. So yeah, it's yeah. good luck with that. Yeah. Usually yeah, yeah. it gradually increases like one kid at a time, right? Yes. But yes, yeah, yes. it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing I tell myself is that babies cry babies cry. And sometimes, usually there's a reason and you can figure it out, but sometimes babies just cry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like we were talking about in our episode on, um, you know, bedtime, getting ready for bedtime. Sometimes they just have to get the last of that energy out and they do it through crying and then they sleep good mm -hmm. through the night. So sometimes yes. babies just cry and it's not like, don't take it personal or on yourself. You're not a bad mother because your baby is crying. You're a super mom because 95% of the time you figure it out, but 5% yeah. of the time babies just cry. You know, I think that this concept is a great preparation for understanding that awesome thought that your children's behavior is not on you, right? Like we influence, we guide, and then the kids go on and do whatever they're going to do, right? My example is when I had my twins, I treated them both almost identically. They got fed at the same time. They got changed at the same time. They got held about the same amount. And one screamed her head off for a year. She just cried all the time. And the other one was as happy as go and go lucky as humanly possible. They had the same gestation, the same birth, Everything was the same. And yet one child chose to just be a screamer. And she was the one that I was trying to quiet outside my door before we started this podcast. That's just the kid's personality. And so, you know, especially as teenagers, you're going to need to know that when they go off and do really stupid things that you've taught them not to do, that's their choice, right? And their personality. And babies are exactly the same way. Sometimes you just think, well, I'm doing all the things the book said and you're still crying. <laughs> It's okay. You're still a good mom. And this is something that I think I figured out fairly early on, but I would just remind any moms of young babies that if you get to where you can't handle the crying, you need to walk away. Right. And, and sometimes that's a heartbreaking thing to do to put your baby down in a bassinet or someplace safe and walk out of the room where you can't hear it. Because if you get <laughs> worked up, you have the potential to hurt your baby. So that's a safety tip there. And, um, you can come back happier and calmer and ready to take on the crying baby again. Yeah. Yeah. That would be another um, tip that I would share with my younger self is your baby. Um, it's almost animalistic in how it can feel and pick up on your emotions. Like when you're riding a horse, for example, you have to be, if you're nervous, the horse can feel it. If you're angry, the horse can feel it, can sense it. And so your baby, that's like, like they don't have communication cues. They have body cues and they can pick up on the way you're feeling. So when you are, let's just say out of sorts in general, your baby can pick up on that. And that's another reason why it's so important to take care of yourself and get yourself in a calm space because then you're way more likely to be able to calm your baby than if you are in a worked up state that was my baby yes. so worked up. Well, go calm Absolutely. yourself and try again. I, I've even noticed amongst the people that hold my baby regularly. So there are some neighbor kids that come over and hold my baby regularly. They're not quite as accustomed to crying babies as my children are. And so my, yeah. the baby will be wailing in my kid's ear and they're like, oh, it's fine. You know, they're totally chill. And then the baby calms down, <laughs> but the neighbor kids get really freaked out. Like the baby's yeah. crying. What do I do? And then the baby <laughs> escalates. I'm like, yeah, be yeah. the adult. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great yeah. Tip. So we, yeah. Before I had family around to help or older kids, it would be my husband and I would tag team, you know, like I'd be like, okay, I just can't, I can't deal with this. 
hold the baby, give me five minutes to calm down, and then I'll come tag team. <laughs> and my husband, of course, was always super chill, and he could always get the baby calmed down before. I got myself calmed down probably really most of the time. <laughs> Okay, so that's our episode for you guys. I hope those of you watching have enjoyed the video portion. If not, you check us out on YouTube now. Um, and uh, be sure to check the show notes for some additional episodes that go along with this, including the episodes of the moms with special needs kids that we interviewed. We'll, we'll add the breastfeeding episode and a couple others that we referred to. So go check those out. We'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening, friends. Click the link in the show notes to subscribe to our email and never miss another episode. Show us some love by leaving a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with a friend. Thanks for all your support. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you.